Father, we thank you for your presence that's here already. We welcome you, Lord. We, we're so honored that you allow us to, to gather together in your name. And uh, I pray now that your Holy Spirit would move among us. What we need is you. <laughs> your presence, a touch from you, God. Revelation, visions from you, power from you, healing, Lord, from you. It's what we need. And so you're the one who can do it, Lord. Uh, uh, people have tried to, to, to do great things in this world, but only you uh, would touch blind eyes and they'd be open. Only you would heal the lepers. Only you would, would heal people that have been sick for 12 years, 20 years. Only you could bring deliverance, God. And only you walked out of that grave. You are a powerful God. And in light of who you are, we come to your word in humility Open up our ears and our hearts to hear what you have to say to us today. I ask that you would stand in this my body, that you would think with my mind and speak with my tongue. Say to us in this house those things that you would have us know. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Uh, quite a few years ago now, um, my grandmother, uh, who went to be with the Lord, but before she, she passed away, um, she started uh, having some issues with her memory. And uh, little by little, you know, my grandma, who basically raised me, um, she, I probably ate more arroz habichuela con pollo frito from her than anyone else. And if you don't know what that is, ask me later about it, okay? But she would be the one. I mean, we would eat there all the time. She was the best, the best cook, the best grandma in the world, and, and we loved her dearly. But at some point, she started losing the ability for her to remember people. Uh, of uh, a terrible disease called uh, Alzheimer's disease. And little by little, as the years went by, the more uh, time went by, every time I saw her, you could see that she couldn't remember as much or remember as many details about her life and her life with her family and how they, we had gotten to where we are. She, the latter years of her life she spent in South Carolina, she moved from Puerto Rico, and, and there came a time when she didn't understand why she was there. She didn't know why she was there because she had lost the ability to, to remember. Sad, sad situation. I do, I, I am very thankful to God, though, because in her latter days, uh, towards the last days, um, something really interesting happened. She wanted to make sure, somehow, she knew enough that she wanted to make sure that she talked to all her kids and all her grandkids before she went to be with the Lord. And so um, I remember my mom was with her during those last days and uh, in hospice, and it was a difficult time for the family, but we knew it was time for her to go to be with the Lord. But she would not go until she spoke to everyone. And I remember um, my mom telling me that when she put the phone to, so that she could hear my voice, you know, I was here in Rochester, she was in South Carolina, and I said, hey, abuelita Luigi. That's what my grandma calls me. Nobody else is allowed to call me that. And I, I will deny it if you said, you said that somebody called you. I will deny it, okay? But that's what my grandma called me. Uh, so I said, El Luigi. And my mom says that when she saw, when she heard my voice, something happened. Like she kind of awakened a little bit. And she said the same thing happened with all the grandkids until the last one. And then after she spoke to the last grandkid, uh, just a few hours later, she went to be with Jesus. So I do thank God for that. But what a terrible thing it is to lose the memory, lose the story of where you've come from. Are you with me? 
There was a movie not too many years ago that I saw. I don't remember what the name of it is. But it was a, a husband and a wife who were madly in love. And they had a car accident. And he was okay. And she physically was fine. But she hurt her head in such a way that she lost all of her memory. She could not remember her husband. She couldn't remember their story. And the, the rest for the rest of the movie... The, the man was trying to remind her, no, we used to go here. This was our favorite place to eat. You love to do this. Trying to remind her of their story so that they can live life together again in love. And he tried to, uh, uh, you know, have her fall in love with him again so that they could make that, make that work. But memory is a powerful, powerful thing. And sometimes, uh, sometimes, especially me as a young person, I think anything old is dumb. Oh, that's old technology, or that's old music, or that's old movies. No, no, no. But the older I get, bless the Lord, <laughs> praise God, right? I have an appreciation because our, in our culture or in your family, I want to know what has happened before. A few uh, weeks bef uh, ago, Amy had the pleasure of taking pictures of all these news clippings of her grandfather, her mom's dad who was in World War II and he was an engineer there and he got shot and everything. He was an engineer. He would build bridges. So we have pictures of bridges being built in Europe by him so that the army could go and, and do what they needed to do against Nazi Germany. Memories, stories of where we come from matter. Amen? Today we're going to talk about something interesting and I want you to stay with me because it has to do with the story that was and a story that is and how they both matter. The title of today's message is The Law the prophets and Jesus. The law, the prophets, and Jesus. Um, the kids have been into uh, watching the, the new Mary Poppins movie, and I, I have not seen the new Mary Poppins movie, but there's one line from the old Mary Poppins movie that I thought was pertinent to what we're going to talk about today, and it goes like this. Winds in the east, mist coming in, like something is brewing, about to begin. Can't put my finger on what lies in store, but I fear what's to happen all happened before. <laughs> Somehow what's happening now is connected to what has happened, and the scriptures point us. We're continuing this most famous message of Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount, and we begin the scripture here thinking about the law, the prophets, and Jesus, and he says, he dives right in. Jesus is speaking to the crowds. He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Don't think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. Now, usually when you, we think of abolish, the word abolish, for me, I always think, especially these days, I'm, I'm watching a, a Civil War documentary um, on, on what happened in the Civil War. So when I think of the word abolish, I think of abolish what? slavery. And one of the greatest things that happened in the history of mankind was the abolishment of slavery. That means the destruction of, the putting away of, the being done with. Amen? Some things in this world and throughout history have need to be abolished. Say abolish. But here, Jesus is saying there is some things that should not be abolished. He's saying, do not think. I, I want you to think rightly about me coming here, Jesus says. I want you to think about why I'm here. He says, I have not come to abolish, to put away, to destroy the law or the prophets. What is that, the law or the prophets? So just a, a quick uh, Bible lesson. 
in the old, the old Testament for many Jewish people is known as the law. That's the first five books of the Bible. The prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Joel, Obadiah, Daniel, all the prophets. There's also the wisdom books there. So, so some people talk about the writings. They're called the writings. So between the Old Testament, you have the law, say the law, the prophets, and you also have the writings, say the writings. But here in summary, Jesus is, is kind of summarizing what the Old Testament is about. He just says, don't think that I have come to abolish, to put away, to forget, to have amnesia concerning the law and the prophets, to have Alzheimer's concerning the law and the prophets. Don't think that that's why I've come. Maybe you've heard people say, oh, Jesus is here now, so we don't have to worry about the Old Testament. Jesus is here now, so we don't have to worry about what has been. I just want the new. I want what has been. And Jesus says, wait, careful. I don't want you to think that I have come to get rid of everything that was before. I have not come to abolish them, but listen, but to fulfill them. Say fulfill. We don't want to overlook. Every once in a while, I'll promise the kids something. It doesn't happen often, but I, I will do that, right? And uh, I don't remember what the last thing I promised Daniel was or Sarah, whatever, but if I promise them something, do you, and it's something that they're excited about, do you know what will happen every day of the, uh, and, and every hour, every second until that happens, Right? They will be asking me, what about this, Daddy? What about this? What about that? Because Daddy made a promise, and they're w w waiting to make sure that I'm, I make good on that promise. Amen? And so sometimes, you know, if, if there's promises that have been made, we have to be intentional. When is it going to happen? Because, Daddy, you said that this was going to happen. Here's the first feeling. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. Pastor, what do you talk about? Old Testament, the law and the prophets. Say the law and the prophets. The Old Testament. Jesus says, don't think that I have come to get rid of them. I have come to fulfill them. Say fulfill. Jesus is the fulfillment himself. And you say, well, well here's an interesting thing. Do not think that I have come so right away, Jesus places a, a huge importance on the reason why he's come. Somehow, Jesus is thinking that he is very important, and we believe him. Amen? <laughs> Do not think that I have come. The reason I have come, I want you to be clear of why I have come, it's not to abolish. For truly, I tell you, the next scripture says, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law, until everything is accomplished. Until everything is accomplished. I may not understand everything that's written in the Old Testament. Can I get an amen? People ask me all the time, but what about the wars? What about the killing? Why did these things happen? I may not understand it all, but it is all valuable to us. To us, There is purpose, even if it's just to contrast the way that things used to be versus the way that they are now under Christ, the Old Testament matters. Amen? And Jesus reaffirms, here's the next fill-in, Jesus reaffirms the value of every single thing written in God's Word. Jesus reaffirms the value of every single thing written in God's Word. Pastor, why are we talking about this? Listen, because my grandma lost her memory so she couldn't remember us grandkids. She couldn't remember her story. She couldn't remember her love uh, story with her husband, my grandfather. She couldn't remember. And because she couldn't remember, she was there physically, but there was something missing. Are you with me? 
in Christianity, we have a God who says, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life, but I don't want you to forget your past. I don't want you to forget the scriptures. I don't want to forget what God has spoken throughout history because it matters. I don't come to get rid of them. I come to fulfill them. See, for a lot of people, it'd be so much easier to just avoid. You know, there's some of these things that are written, but I just want to avoid them. Jesus says, no, I, Jesus hasn't come as an excuse or as an avoidance. Jesus has come so that we can look the law and the prophets in the eye with humility because it's God's word. And Jesus then comes in and fulfills everything that has been written. We don't have to hide because Jesus is the fulfillment of it all. Jesus reaffirms the value of every single thing written in the Old Testament. I'm not saying that everything that is written makes me happy. Are you with me? I'm not saying that everything that is written, I understand perfectly. Even after years of reading it, there are some things like, God, what is it that you are saying here? But I am saying that Jesus said, don't forget it. It's the fulfillment. And let me give you just a couple of thoughts here. The Bible says, the law said all kinds of different things. Do this. Don't do that. Be like this. Don't be like that. <laughs> and Jesus, one of the things that he's saying is sometimes... We find it hard. Let's take lying for a second. I know you all never lie for any reason whatsoever. Praise God for that. You don't lie in your taxes. You don't have gray lies. You don't do any of that stuff. Praise God for that. That's for other people somewhere else, but not here at Heart and Soul. But here, let's take something about lies. Uh, one of the Ten Commandments, do not bear false testimony. Do not lie. Thou shall not lie. And here's a problem. Here's a problem. If that is in the law and the law is broken, somebody has to pay for that. Now, I'm just taking lies, but there's a lot of other commandments. You know, the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law had 613 laws that they had to obey. 600, okay, number one, number two, number three. I got tired already. Forget 600, okay? But here's the thing. Some people want to say, no, let me just, okay, lies well. You know, I kind of lie, but it's okay. God, God's okay with it. He'll excuse it. No, 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 no. Do not think that I have come to abolish to just forget it. However, I have come as the fulfillment of them. What does that mean? Let's look at that for a little bit. Therefore, verse 19, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Here's the next feeling. Jesus declares that what we practice affects those around us and has significant consequences in the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to read that again. Jesus declares that what we practice, God bless you, Suzanne. It's good to see you. What we practice affects those around us and has significant consequences in the kingdom of heaven. Pastor, what are you talking about? Consequences. Whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called what in the kingdom? Will be called great. Say great. But whoever dismisses them, whoever um, does not teach them or teaches people to not follow them, what will they be called? Least. Say least. Least in the kingdom. So there's, a, there's something about 
doing these principles and practicing and teaching them where greatness comes in the kingdom. And if you avoid them, if you just get rid of them, if you, if you feel like you, I don't want to think about them, and you teach others to do the same, you'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, there's a famous quote by a, a basketball player from many, many years ago. His name was Allen Iverson. And one time he was being asked all these questions because he either didn't show up for practice or was not practicing very hard. And there's a famous line where he says, we talk about practice. Not, not a game. Not a game. I'm sitting here asking, answering your questions about practice. Now what he was saying was practice is not really that what? Important. Let's talk about the real stuff, the game, but practice is not important. Now, you and I know, and, and people in, the, in, in, in sports know, that what you, you know, how you practice makes you better. you got to practice in order to get better. And so that was a very famous quote from this guy. You know, talk about, we talk about practice, but here's what Jesus says. Wait, wait, wait. Jesus declares that what we practice, practice happens at home. Practice happens when ain't no one else around. What do I practice when no one else sees what I do? And Jesus says, whoever um, breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. There's, a, there's a, an issue there. But whoever, whoever practices these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So what we practice not only affects you and where you land, but affects your family. If I practice lying, that will affect the people around me. If I practice impurity, that will affect the people around me. If I practice anger, violence, it will affect the people around me. What you? No, 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 Pastor, I don't think that's true. It doesn't matter. I wish it wasn't true, by the way. I really do. I wish it wasn't. Because I wish that my own problems just stayed with me. But I recognize that what I am weak in, it affects my kids, affects my marriage. Jesus, help us. Now, so far, don't be discouraged because today is not about discouragement. You're going to be encouraged in just one moment, okay? So just hold on. But the law is there for a reason, and Jesus did not come so that we could forget about it. It forces us to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I recognize I don't make the grade according to the law and the prophets, according to the scriptures. I don't make the grade. Can I get an amen? Here's something that Jesus said in another part of the Bible. See if this reminds you of anything. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine, this is in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, if you want to look them up. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. A very famous, this is, listen, I'm going to cheat. Uh, we're doing the Sermon on the Mount. This is towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to come back to this in a few weeks and months. Um, but before we get there, I just wanted you to remind her. Here's what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. If you have it, Edie, just put it up. But here's what it says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into... Anyone want to guess what he says? Say Practice. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then he says in verse 26, just a couple of verses later, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 
what we practice affects those around us and has consequences in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, going back to your notes, verse 20. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, you're saying, Pastor, I thought you said we were going to be encouraged. <laughs> this is not encouraging words. Here's Jesus talking to the crowds, and then he says, hey, I want to, I'm going to, how many know that Jesus knew how to preach, amen? He, definitely better than me, better than T.D. Jakes, better than Joel Osteen. I don't know who you like, but he was better, amen? Jesus was better. Here's why. Because Jesus, when he preached, he preached as a man with authority. See, we preach as people who recognize we don't have the authority. It's God's authority, amen? So when I preach, even as I'm, I'm speaking to you, I recognize it's, it's the Lord. It has to be the Lord. But when Jesus spoke, he says, I have come. Don't think that I have come to abolish. The reason why I'm here. And then he tells the crowds. I'm going to encourage you for a second. He says, I tell you, unless your righteousness, say righteousness, surpasses, that means is greater than that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Let me just say it very quickly. The Pharisees, who do you think are like the purest, best moral people in the world? Don't say it out loud. I just want you to think about it, okay? Man, it's got to be whatever. Some people think pastors. Some people think uh, bishops. Some people think whatever, whoever you think. Or some people think, you know, people who are monks who live out in the desert and, 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 and whatever you th may think, who the purest persons are. Those people, for the people of Israel, were Pharisees and teachers of the law. They were the most... Oh, these are the people that do it all right. They do everything. They, they follow the 613 laws. You understand? Say yes. Does that make sense? So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were the people who did everything. They were at church on time, praise God. They wore the right clothes. They always said the right thing. They always judged, according to the law, everything supposedly right. And here comes Jesus speaking to the crowd and said, here's the deal. If your righteousness doesn't surpass, if it's not greater than the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And all the people are like, what? Those are the example. The lay people would think, I could never do that. I could never get to that. I could never be that righteous. Here's what Jesus is trying to say. When, when we have to face the law and we have to try to do it in our own strength like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. I'm going to do this and I'm going to be good and I'm going to do this so that I can do it, it, it's not enough. Say it's not enough. So what do we do about that? If it's not enough, what do we do about that? The next feeling is this. Jesus shocks his hearers by sharing the standard of righteousness required to enter the kingdom of heaven. The standard is the next feeling. He shocks his hearers because they hear this standard greater unless your righteousness is, surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. But I have good news for you. I have good news for you. Here's the deal. I'm going to show you this. You just don't tell anybody how uh, my, my mama would be appalled if I brought this out and, and she knew about it. These are just some of my, my shirts, okay? And um, um, she would be appalled, appalled by it. But anyway... Different shirts um, I wear for different occasions, right? And with different, now I'm kind of colorblind. What color is this? Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I just want to confirm that to make sure. I think it's blue, but I'm, I'm not sure, right? Now, if, if I'm wearing this shirt,
And I don't wear it like this normally. But if I'm wearing the shirt right, people will say, oh, that guy is wearing a, a blue shirt. He, that's his outfit. And that's what he's got. And sometimes we wear different outfits for different occasions. Am I right? Uh, I just received a, 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 an invitation uh, from one of the mayor's people to go to one of the, some really nice fancy dinner that the mayor is having. And I'm honored that she does. Now, by the way, when I go to that fancy dinner, I don't even go dressed. I don't go dressed like this. It's a fancy dinner. Are you with me? So I have to be dressed appropriately. I could have a blue shirt. I could have uh, a different color shirt. What color is this? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I know I knew that God called me to this church. You guys are helping me out. Right? It's a different occasion. Maybe it's not colorful. It needs a little, little bit different. We all wear different shirts, different coats, different colors sometimes. Say amen. Amen. Here's the deal. Here's what Jesus is saying. If this is the outfit that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law live with, and you say, okay, I'm going to be like the Pharisees and like the teachers of the law, Jesus said it's not good enough, then. Oh, okay. But maybe, no, maybe, maybe I'll put it up. I'll be like Pastor Lewis. If I'm like Pastor Lewis, then uh, I, can, I can make it. Okay? If I just do what he does, Jesus said and he goes through. Okay, well, what about Johnny? What about Carl? Surely Carl. He knows how to shoot a gun. Surely he's good enough, right? What about Carl? And what about Sister Ida? And you can keep wearing all the different outfits. And Jesus says, it's not good enough. So what is? Lord, help me out. Romans chapter 3. If you have a Bible, look this up in this place. You'll, you'll be worth your time. we got a few more minutes. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. I'm going to look at several different verses here, Edie, so just bear with me as I'm doing it. Romans chapter 3. I'm going to start off with verse 10. Verse 10 in Romans chapter 3. And here's what it says. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Anybody got it? Sister Ida, can you say it out loud? Read it out loud? Just, just verse 10. Chapter 3. Um, every mouth 
may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared, what? Righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Are you with me? No one will be declared righteous by doing perfectly the law. No one will be declared righteous by just doing the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Here's why Jesus is not forgetting the law or abolishing it. It's because the law tells us, puts a mirror in front of us that tells us the truth about who we are. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not dishonor your father and mother. You shall have no other gods before you. Oh, God. There's been time. Anybody ever prioritize something other than God? Don't tell me. The law is there to show us our actual state. No one can be declared righteous. Say righteous. If, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law. Why is it not enough? Because they're trying to earn God's righteousness through works of the law, and it's not possible. Skip down to verse 21. Chapter 3, verse 21. We'll finish with these, and then we'll We'll wrap up here right quick. Are you with me? But now, apart from the law, the what? Righteousness. Wait, this is important. This is very important because Jesus had just said, unless you have this kind of righteousness, if it doesn't surpass that, you can't enter. So now, now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. Apart from the law, to which the law and the the law and the who the law and the prophets. What do they do? Testify. Whoa. The law and the prophets, the Old Testament scriptures, testify. If you testify in a court of law, you are speaking about something that you saw. You are speaking of what can be, sometimes they have expert witnesses who testify on what kind of problems people have that can lead them to do certain things. The prophets and the law testify this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ. I want to read that one more time. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ. To who? Say all. All who believe. All who believe. The righteousness of God is available to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. It doesn't matter what color you are, what ethnicity you are, how much money your mommy and daddy had. It does not matter to all who believe. There is no difference. For here's why there's no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So here's what here's what Jesus is saying. You cannot abolish the law of the prophets. You cannot Listen, by trying to obey the law like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, it's 
not your righteousness is not good enough. But now our righteousness apart from the law, apart from the law, has been made known. It is faith in Jesus Christ. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So here's the question. Do you have faith in Jesus? I don't want you to answer me. I want you to think about it. Do you have faith in Jesus? Have you put your faith, your trust in Jesus? Have you have you said, Lord, I give you my life. I put my faith. I believe in who you are, what you have done on the cross for me. I put my faith in you. If you have, and you say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I believe that you are alive. If you put your faith in Jesus, then you are wearing And the righteousness of Jesus, when you put that on, and when you're walking, and you have failed, and you've messed up, and you have lied, and you say, Lord, have mercy and help me. I put my faith in you. Jesus is not looking for this kind of righteousness. He's looking for the righteousness that came through Christ Jesus, through the blood of Christ. And when he sees us, he doesn't see us. He doesn't see me. He sees the covering because I'm dressed in the righteousness of Jesus and because I am I am made righteous because I am I can have a relationship but I will never cry out to him I'll never reach for help if I don't believe I need help and I'll never truly understand grace until I truly understand that the law and the prophets were God's word, and when broken, somebody has to pay, and when I understand that Jesus paid, and that his righteousness could become mine, oh, everything will change. Heart and soul, loved ones, my prayer is that we will all walk around with Jesus on us, so that when the Father sees us, we walk around with Go to places, maybe a little bit of Jesus is sprinkled on other people. It's not your righteousness, it's not mine, not the Pharisees, not the pastor, but the righteousness of Jesus. The last four fillings, I'm going to go rapid fire here. Here's the next step. Number one, begin exploring the Old Testament scriptures and stories. Begin exploring the Old Testament scriptures and stories. I would encourage you to read them, learn them. They're powerful and they testify. Say testify. You're missing something. There's a spiritual Alzheimer's if you do not know the Old Testament stories. Can I get an amen? amen? Number two, believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of all that is written in the Old Testament. Believe it according to the Old Testament. And even as you read the New Testament, you'll see Jesus is the fulfillment. So believe that. Number three, bring, bring your best efforts before God and trade them for the cross. Bring your best efforts. The pharisaical law, the teachers of the law, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying. Listen, it doesn't mean that we don't try to honor God with our life, but it means that our justification is not what our efforts is. No, we bring our best efforts and we trade them for the cross. Amen? For what Jesus has done. And then finally, become one whose lifestyle reflects the kingdom of heaven. God bless you. Become one whose lifestyle reflects the kingdom of heaven. 
so that people around you will be touched. So that wherever you go, you sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on them. And, and your life and their life will never be the same. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We love you. We praise you. We honor you today. Thank you for the law, the prophets. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for you, Lord. Thank you for being the fulfillment. And thank you that I don't have to try to put on my own Lewis outfits to be good enough. I recognize today is not good enough. But we put on Christ. We put our faith in you. And we've been made righteous because of your righteousness. I pray that that would be true for each and every one of us today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.